Welcome to Navigating the Spectrum. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing um, a very fabulous woman. Her name is Katie Bunker, and Katie is a mother of two beautiful children. She's a wife and mother of two beautiful children. And her oldest, Stephen, who is 17 years old, he was diagnosed on the autism spectrum when he was two years old. And Katie has graciously allowed me to um, dive into her world and her experiences so that we can talk about things that she's learned and who she's become through this experience and lessons that we can um, learn from her as well. So I'm going to um, start by saying welcome, Katie, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Michelle. This is really fun, actually. I, I, love, I love going deep and talking to people about life and our experiences. We all have our own story, and I, I love this. So this is right up my alley. <laughs> I love it too. And it's kind of interesting for those of you that are listening, Katie and I actually met yesterday and we just connected really well. And so not only do you get to hear from her, but I was able to develop a new friendship. So I'm really grateful for that. So Katie, um, that's really nice. Thank you. I feel the same way. I mean it. So um, I, I'm going to dive right in and ask you one of the questions that I like to ask parents, which is, uh, tell us about your experience as the mother of a child previously diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Oh my goodness. Um, it's such a loaded question, my yeah. experience living with autism. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was 15 years ago that Stephen was diagnosed and I didn't, I'd never heard of autism. I didn't, I didn't understand it, didn't know anything about it. As most parents feel, you know, when they do get the diagnosis, they, they've never really thought of it or, or had an experience with it. So, yeah, I mean, it was a total shock. Mm-hmm. And I, at first, you know, you just go into just this process of trying to just understand, you know, like why, why did this happen to us? Why, um, why me? Why this darling little boy? And, and then fast forward 15 years and I've discovered that he's my gift and I'm thrilled to know autism and, and to, to have this boy, the way just as he is, you know, to have him be a part of our family. He's our gift. He's your gift. And I love that you say that because I think sometimes we forget to look at the joy and the beauty that autism brings into our lives as parents. And I think that clearly the, the fact that you're calling him your gift means that you've been able to see all of the blessings that he has brought into your lives and continues to bring into your lives. So I love that you chose those words. So but let me, let me just say it, it's taken 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, you almost, you almost don't like to hear that in the beginning because there's so much disappointment and anger and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the struggle 
And mm-hmm. it is, it's really hard. I know what you're saying. You're here in this place now, but it's taken you years to get to yeah. this place where you are. It didn't come, it didn't just come to you immediately. It was a process. And yeah, it, I like to call it, I mean, I know we've heard this term before, but a refiner's fire where mm-hmm. you just are slowly kind of our rough edges as parents and people and are kind of, they're, they're kind of, um, what do you say? Refined away in time. They're chipped away in time and smoothed over. And I like to think of myself as uh, a much better person, a much better version of who I've always been than who I was before I began raising children on the autism spectrum and children in general. Let's be honest. Children. Yeah, refined. that's true. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> But that special needs um, piece is definitely refining for us because it's different than what we expected. And we have to approach sometimes ourselves differently than we thought we would. We have to adjust who we are to accommodate our children. Mm-hmm. And our expectations. We adjust yes. every everything. We adjust mm-hmm. everything. I totally agree. Uh-huh. Yeah, our expectations, that's a big one. I oftentimes think that unmet expectations is what causes so much frustration in our lives. So learning to adjust those and accept what is can help us find um, a better place of peace and calm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So your son was two years old. What led you to seek a diagnosis or did you even want to seek a diagnosis? What was that experience like? Well, I wasn't seeking anything. Um, I, I did notice there were some things that were different than other kids. Mm-hmm. So, but, but he was my first and, you know, mm-hmm. first time moms, you just really don't know what you're doing anyway. Yes. So <laughs> I, I, just, I was just in a well checkup and the doctor you know, had a checklist and we were going through things and, and they, he had enough, I guess, um, was missing the mark. Yeah. Missing the mark on a lot of these standards, you know, that they think a two-year-old should, should have or be, be at, you know, and Mm -hmm. he was missing those. And so it was almost like a relief to, to hear somebody say, Hey, let's, let's get this look that and Mm -hmm. and let's see what's going on here because Mm -hmm. I had felt you know just that mother's intuition goodness he's not doing what the other kids are doing but I didn't Mm -hmm. want to compare and I I was so a new mom and so I didn't have anything to compare it to so Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a shock you know when when you start going down when you when you're recommended to go see specialists and and Mm -hmm. they're they're looking at your child like there's something wrong and that's just kind of shocking when when you don't really see it yourself. You do yes. but you don't when it's your right. first. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we don't it's an interesting experience because we go into these doctors offices and they're asking us these milestone questions. Yes. Every kid is different within their range of milestones, but there is a kind of a I want to say like an average um, milestone a place where children should be at certain ages. And so yeah. initially, I remember saying to a friend many years ago, oh, it doesn't, no, they'll be fine. It doesn't really matter. Until I learned it, it does matter. It 
those milestones do matter and they're there for a reason. Um, and if you have that feeling like you were talking about that mother's intuition, that something felt like to you, it probably felt a little bit more challenging than you expected. And so to have a doctor say to you, let's take a look at this. I like that you said you felt some relief because, I mean, that was my experience. I thought, thank you, someone, for finally acknowledging that this mm -hmm. is not, like that I am not, that I am not unwinding and that I'm capable and that this is just a little more challenging. Yeah, so. I almost felt like, I, I remember making comments to my husband and saying, gosh, you know, he really doesn't engage you know eye contact and mm -hmm. I would I would notice little things as I was spending time with him and mm -hmm. and I would I would mention these things to my husband he'd say oh you know not a big deal or he didn't really understand either and and I didn't I for sure didn't understand it and it almost I just felt like a bad mom because I felt like I wasn't I he wasn't you know, acting appropriately. And, uh -huh. but, but then there were just little snippets of that. I, it wasn't, uh -huh. wasn't like it was on my radar that something was off or wrong. I just, right. it just made me feel bad about yeah. myself, you know? Yes. Like maybe you weren't measuring up as a mom, which mm -hmm. I say that not because I, not because I'm saying, well, you weren't because that is, that is not, that is not even remotely what it is it, because I went through those same feelings. I kept thinking, well, everyone else seems to be doing okay. So what am I missing as a mom that they, that they already understand? And the beauty of the diagnosis or learning and educating myself as we went down this path was that I wasn't, I was just missing the diagnosis and the understanding of what my child was experiencing. It wasn't anything that I was doing wrong as a parent. When, when we look at our children, particularly before a diagnosis, and we're not aware of really the underlying the underlying issue that our child may be struggling with, we often take that on ourselves as the parent and we feel like we are missing something. And what is it that mm -hmm. we're missing? Where's our own personal deficit as a parent? And so I think coming to the understanding of a diagnosis helps alleviate some of those feelings. And we understand this is my child's this is my, this is why my child behaves in these manners. And now I have a better understanding and I can take some of that parent or mom guilt off of my shoulders because it didn't. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So I just think that whole experience, it's emotional for so many reasons, all the different feelings that we have had and carried with us. So I, well, it's, it's a, it's a death of what you envisioned you know for your child for yourself for your family mm -hmm. it's just it's an it's it's shocking yeah it's a you have to reconsider what you thought life was going to be like for your child and for yourself and you have to right. you have to take a look at what it will be like and just start accepting that as it comes and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, finding a way to find joy in all of those small 
victories and experiences that you have as a parent and that your child is experiencing. And I think that helps kind of change the, the narrative. So for me, it took a really long time to really, I mean, you, you learn the little lessons, yes. but then all of a sudden, all these little pieces come together and you go, whoa, kind of a big explosion of, oh my goodness, I understand so much more than, than at the beginning of this process and, and understanding and just surrendering yes. um, to what is. And, and that really is my, my go-to word for this is, and, and for every life challenge, um, this was just my, my way of learning mm-hmm. this. To, to surrender, learning how to surrender. Mm-hmm. He's been my greatest gift. And that's what I mean by gift mm-hmm. in learning how to surrender to, to what is and what God has planned for me in my life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's beautiful. I, I always uh, think of this phrase, which everyone's aware of, that knowledge is power. But what I also like to think of is so is experience. Experience is Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Lends itself. I've learned that words, words don't teach. It's experience. Yes. Don't you think? yes. Although sometimes I wish I could just read about it and not, and not, <laughs> but exactly. It's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. You can, you can listen to moms and try to prepare to become a mom, mm-hmm. but you never, you'll never understand until you are a mom. Yes. And, and that's where, um, it can be challenging for others to really, really understand you. Yes. Just like I can't really understand someone that has been through something else. Right. You can empathize, but it's not your own personal experience or journey. Mm-hmm. So one of the things mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about is um, what were or what are some of the challenges that you've well, I guess I'd say what were some of the challenges that you've worked through over the years and how have they changed you? It's a voted question. I know the challenges over the years. I mean, if you were to just broad stroke this idea of uh, just the ultimate challenge of my life, mm-hmm has been autism Mm -hmm. and I've learned so many things along the way, but, but I'm, I'm just so happy that looking back, I just got up and faced the day, even though I felt ill-equipped and, and just felt like a hot mess every day (laughs) because you really don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm this it's it's always changing they're always changing at least my son you know it was a new it was a new day and there was a new stimming or a new dislike for him and and things changing and and me wanting him to fit into my life Mm -hmm. and I'm just glad that looking back, I just kind of pulled him along with me and just did life we did life together Mm -hmm. And I think it wasn't because I was brilliant or anything on my part. It was just waking up and instead of him dictating more of my day, I, I kind of 
pulled him along and we did errands together and we would do all the activities that you normally do as a mom, mm-hmm. um, you know, the cooking and the cleaning and the, and the, you know, running around and doing all these things. And I just did it with him and he did it with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. And did it always go beautifully for you? <laughs> No, it was really, it was really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I, most days, you know, at the end of the day, you, you felt like a failure, mm-hmm. you know, but then as, as the days and the years pass, you go, Oh, wow. Now he can, we, we go to church on Sunday and he had this, he had to sit through three hours mm-hmm. of church. Mm-hmm. And most of the time he only made, made it through two. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he progressed. Mm-hmm. I was able to just find ways to have him do our life. Mm-hmm. And my husband, uh, another biggie that people are always shocked to hear. Um, my husband's an airline pilot. And so we travel. That's, that is our, our life. We have access to free travel mm-hmm. and we can pick up and go when, when the flights are available, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we, we have this really fun lifestyle that way. And Stephen, I can't tell you how many flights we would get off of the flight. And I would tell my husband, I'd say, I'm never getting on an airplane again. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh-huh. We made the biggest scene. He kicked and screamed and kicked the seat in front of him mm-hmm. and cried and whined and, and was so unhappy. And I, it was, it was all I could do to, to, I, I could not have envisioned us having this life of, of flying around the world. And now today, because I just, I just kept going, mm-hmm. I just kept trying, getting up every day and just keep trying, mm-hmm. keep getting him on the airplane, keep, keep dragging him around the world with yeah. us. And now, can you believe he can get on an airplane and he'll, he'll sit there. We'll, we'll take a flight to China. No problem. Wow. No problem. That is and amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. They really can learn these things, at least in our experience, yeah. you know? Well, they, I mean, maybe there are kids. Oh, no, say, go know. ahead, go ahead. Maybe there's a kid that just just can't for some reason. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, can't do, because I hear a, a lot in the community, the autism community. Oh, goodness, our kids, they really can't get on an airplane. You know, it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. It's noisy. It's this, it's that. Another big life changer for us was was the headphones. Yes. As soon as we put a pair of headphones on him, he he was happier. Yeah. The noise canceling headphones. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The noise canceling. So I will mm-hmm. say this about you, and I hope I don't embarrass you by saying this, but that what you're describing takes a lot of grit because I will tell you that I have done I have done a lot of things with my children who were diagnosed on the autism spectrum that didn't go well. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to do that for a really long time because I am exhausted. And also I was looking at my children and they looked exhausted. And I just thought none of us enjoyed that. So I'm just going to take a little Mm -hmm. break. But there are times where I look back and I think, um, I don't regret experiences, but I do think, you know, maybe if we pushed a little harder in this area or just if I hadn't succumbed to my own <laughs> parental fatigue um, from, yeah. from meltdowns yeah. and 
um, some of the other things that my children were experiencing at the time, maybe it would have been a different um, situation for them now. But also, I do think we just kind of have to do the best that we can do as parents and uh, hope that we're absolutely and we hope we're Mm -hmm. providing our children with the experiences that are helping them to grow in all the right ways and you know so I love that that worked for you and I love that you that you shared that after a lot of flights you'd say I never want to do this again but then you realized you know what this could benefit him and benefit us in the future let's not give up on it Mm-hmm. And I think as parents, we know, we know when to do that. Mm-hmm. I think true. we just know. Mm-hmm. And, and so nobody's doing it wrong. You know, yes. I think we just, we just know what our threshold we're is. Pushed. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. That's a good mm-hmm. point to make. So what we were talking the other day about adolescence because your son is 17 years old. So how has adolescence um, I would say like opened your eyes or how has it changed from raising like a toddler and then a young child on the autism spectrum? What, what made it different? What made adolescence? The biggest thing, I think the biggest thing that, that I noticed and and it felt like it was just overnight. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. He's a man, Mm -hmm. you know, went through puberty and now I'm still doing those same things, mm-hmm. you know, helping them in and out of bathing, mm-hmm. um, helping the personal them, care, the personal care, mm-hmm. um, is still there. And I think that became very noticeable mm-hmm. in adolescence yeah. before as a younger child, that's a little more natural uh-huh. to have to help, you know, with, with the personal care, you know, brushing teeth and all of these things that we do, mm-hmm. but that's, that's a little more natural when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And, and when he became this young man, it, it was almost, uh, just a, a glaring light that, that, oh my goodness, this is, this is going to be the rest of my earthly experience mm-hmm. with him. This is, this is big. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost had somewhat of a relapse of, of mourning my life and the things I'm looking forward to doing in the next chapters, sure. you know, people, people would be, I, I, I would be an empty nester really soon, uh-huh. you know, in the next three years, mm-hmm. I would be an empty nester. I wouldn't have children at home. I would be looking forward to things that I would want to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, so that was, that was kind of tricky. It was almost like a, another what diagnosis like another of, reckoning reckoning yeah uh-huh. another reckoning of of what this really means for me mm-hmm. and that was hard um but it was another challenge to transcend and i feel like now as i as i went back to my faith and and surrendering what is now i'm seeing such such amazing miracles in my life because I can do whatever I want. It, it's not going to look like how I thought or planned it to be. Because, for example, I really, really, really wanted to have a little job, a little part-time job. Yes. And with my husband's schedule, it's it changes every month. Yes. This is not, you know, being an airline pilot, you are gone. <laughs> and, and there are different days that you're gone, and it's a challenge. Yes for me because he's my, he's my partner in crime. I mean, he's helping me take care of Steven day in, day out. 
Um, and I, I, I was almost mourning the fact that I wasn't going to be able to have a little part-time job. Mm -hmm. And I, I surrendered to, to God, to the, to the universe that it's okay. Maybe I just don't know what that's going to look like, but I, I don't have to surrender and give up on my dream mm -hmm. of having a little part-time job, getting out of the house, just having a new experience. Uh -huh. um, I just really wanted, most most women my age in this phase of life, they have a little something that they're doing, uh -huh. you know, something that, that they enjoy, mm -hmm. you know, um, a little outlet for creativity. Yes. And that's what I was, I was really yearning for. Mm -hmm. um, for many years, my outlet of creativity was family dinner time. And I so enjoyed and and I still do I still love to cook but there's this other part of me that wanted to do something else creatively mm -hmm. and I I just wanted to get out of the home and and have more interaction with with other adults yeah. I think yeah. because my son is nonverbal, yes. and so it's very I think we talked about this before mm -hmm. as well that it's very isolating yes. having a child you know, on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. it, can, it definitely for can. Obvious reasons. Yes, it definitely can feel that way. And so for you, you just, it sounds like you just wanted something to help fulfill yourself, which is, yeah. which is not a selfish thing, by the way. That is something that we no. all yearn for. Absolutely. And, and we have the right to yearn for that. Mm -hmm. And, and as this, as he was Come, going through this adolescence phase, I thought, how will this ever come together? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just kept thinking, I don't know, because of my husband's schedule and this, this situation we have, I don't know how I'll ever have a little job to, to have fun with, mm -hmm. you know? And anyway, so long story short, as I was surrendering to this idea, not giving up on my dream, and it wasn't even a big dream. I didn't, I, I, I didn't have something in mind that I just really felt passionate about. I just wanted a, another outlet mm -hmm. for creativity, yes. right? I, 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 I wasn't, I didn't have anything in mind necessarily. Mm -hmm. It was just, I want to get out. That's all I, 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 I had in mind. I want to get out. Mm -hmm. I want to get out of the home. I want to have more interaction with people. With people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden, it just came to me by way of of actually it was my dad and he he's been working with my other sister with the food nanny and we wanted to open up this little store and we sell our product out of this little store and he said you know I think I think it'd work I think you could bring Stephen down here and we could make a little spot for him mm -hmm. where he can color and draw and have his lunch he loves food <laughs> um and he loves to be around activity, but he likes to see it from a distance. Gotcha. So we had this little room where he could kind of be aware of what was going on, mm -hmm. but not right in the middle of all the action mm -hmm. of customers coming in and out. Mm -hmm. And it has turned into such a, a blessing, a gift, a miracle. Yeah. Because in my little mind, I thought, well, I would, if I were to go get a little job, I would need someone to come to my home and, and take over my role and watch mm -hmm. him and be with him. He has to have constant supervision, mm -hmm. you know? So that was where I thought, you know, how will this ever happen? I mean, that would, that would take all of my, maybe all my money that I made yeah. or, you know, just, and, and disappointment of, of being separated. We really do love being together mm -hmm. and, and the worry of, of, you know, how is someone taking care of him? And yes. That kind of thing. So this turned out to be such a great thing for him and for you. And I think that that's, I think that that's so beautiful. And he's, I mean, it's taken all these years for you to find this place, but you were just 
patiently raising your two children and doing your thing as a mom. And, and by the way, it is fortunate that I was able to stay home with my children and I know that you've been able to stay home with your children. That just doesn't always happen. And some people don't want mm-hmm. to. So that's for a whole other, that's a whole other day, whole other topic. For sure. But, yeah. But yeah. the point is, is you were doing what was best for your son, but in the midst of it, you kind of needed to find something for yourself as well. And you did. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a special gift. So, I, and I don't think that's the end either. Wow. You know what I mean? For my creativity, yes. I'm not sure where this is going to lead, but it's opened my eyes to if we surrender to what is the universe brings back or God brings the ideas to us. Mm-hmm. I love that. So here's something you've been down a road of various therapies and um, activities and things for your son over the years. So how did you know if you were on the right path therapy wise and um, activity wise for your son? Well, I think at first I just tried to listen to any professional or anybody that I felt like had authority Mm -hmm. and kind of knew what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Now I know some people don't really know what they're talking about, but that's through experience, (laughs) right? Yes. But I really did rely on the professionals and and I wanted to listen. You know, I was very humble in my approach Mm -hmm. as far as, okay, I will listen to you. You tell me what is best for my child and I'm going to do it. I I, I will do it. And I think that was our approach in the beginning for the first eight, nine years of his life. I did try every therapy, anything that came into my, my experience, my world of, of hearing about something or, or a friend sharing something, I would go and I would try to, I'd sign up, I would get him into it. And oftentimes looking back, there were signs of him not really enjoying that experience, but I pushed it because they told me, well, this is good for yeah, him. This will benefit him. Mm-hmm. What did you learn? And now I learned that I, I, my husband and I both have learned this. We, we pay attention to him. I'm going to be his advocate and, and not necessarily listening to the professional, what they think is best for Stephen, mm-hmm. but I look at Stephen and is he happy? Is he thriving? Is he, is he enjoying this activity? Mm-hmm. And if he is, then this is a good thing. And if he's not, I don't think we need to push this any longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be. I I think that's really important for parents to hear because we do tend to rely and lean into the professionals. And that's not, that is not a bad thing. It's just that I think we come to a place where we say, do I really need 20 hours of therapy a week for my son? Is my son or my daughter, Mm -hmm. like you said, are they, are they progressing? Are they, are you seeing what you feel is benefiting your child? And that comes with their happiness and their personal progression. Sometimes there are things they're not going to like, but you know, for certain as the parent, this will be good for them. And that comes in parenting in general, not just with special needs kids. You can watch your child struggle through maybe a class, but you know, okay, I have to let them struggle through this because where it will take them will ultimately benefit them. But the happiness factor and their sense of peace and their sense of um, who they are and what they're getting from it, that is so critical to parenting a child on the autism spectrum. And particularly if your child can't speak up, you have to watch how you have to watch and observe how they are behaving and how they're reacting and responding and pay attention to how they feel. And, and make sure you're following that and bringing happiness and joy into their lives too. It's so, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and that is a a biggie. That is, that's what we've learned. Mm -hmm. Uh And I love that you share that because I think as parents, we get lost in the rat race of doing what's next check. What's next check. I mean, we even tried some therapies with my oldest daughter that are, they were they were not valuable to her and they weren't detrimental, but they, we really got no value out of them. And it's not only expensive, but time consuming. 
And these are our children's lives. There are lives too, but we are doing this to benefit their lives. So if it's not, learn to switch gears, change directions, walk away from some of those things that um, mm-hmm. are supposed to be everything that our child needs, but we can see as parents, they're just not. So, or get second. And third. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, get second. And third. Yeah. So anyway, I think, I think it's important to talk about those things and for parents to hear that it's okay. Give yourself permission to assess as the apparent and make an ultimate decision as the parent. So yeah, and I think I think you'll feel it. I think you know. Mm-hmm. I think you know when you know it's not this isn't going well. I do too. I've heard let it go. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do too. So I don't mean to keep hammering on the same subject, but I do I've heard parents say my child tried such and such a therapy and man, it was just a terrible experience. We're never doing that again. And sometimes I think, you know, I I, I have um a friend who did like an emotional, social, emotional therapies with her son. And one Mm -hmm. social, emotional therapist was absolutely a terrible fit and made her feel guilty as a mother. And the other social, emotional therapist was a great fit and a great match for them. And I'm not saying go with what you want to hear because sometimes what we want to hear doesn't jive with what's best for our child. But I think you ask for more information. Tell me why. Explain that to me better. I just need to understand that better because I want to be on board and I can only be on board if I better understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. So ask questions until you find the right Mm -hmm. fit too. So I totally agree. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a, how do I say, I mean, right. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is. It's a learning experience. And I, I would never have thought this would be my learning experience, but I, I love it. I'm so grateful for it. Yes. I mean, there are still hard, bad days. Mm-hmm. There are still hard days, but overall, big picture, I realize now this is this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This is he's he's amazing, mm-hmm. and he and he's always been amazing. It was just the whole experience of trying to figure out what they're trying to communicate with you, how to meet those needs, why they are feeling the things they feel. There's just a lot of unanswered questions that can really be tricky for us as we're raising our children. And I think right after a diagnosis, you as you're listening to professionals, I think we kind of go into a place of darkness because they're it's they're, they're basically telling you to eat an elephant. And you're like a good analogy. crying and you you fall to the floor thinking, I don't know if I've got the energy for this. What do you mean? I've got to do all of these things mm-hmm. and and yeah. So it's, it's overwhelming as an understatement. Yes. It is so overwhelming. That is the biggest understatement that, that exists right. for, this, for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that not only are we, when a diagnosis is received, and, and it can come back to us other times, just where we feel overwhelmed with all of the therapies and things that we are um, putting in our child's life. But not only is it overwhelming to us, but we are also very concerned because we're only doing this because we think it will help our child. And so we're concerned about the well-being of our child within that whole process. And we're wondering as parents, am I missing something? Am I, am I doing too much for them? Where's the balance in all of this? We're kind of looking for that balance as the parent, what works best for your child and also what works well for your family as a whole. Oh, oh yeah. That, that's, that's the biggest part. You, you can't, you can't 
ignore everyone else for this one child. Mm-hmm. They have to fit into your family. And, and that, that was kind of tricky. I noticed myself when I would get into certain therapies and I would give, be given assignments and I, I started noticing, whoa, I'm giving a lot more attention to this child mm-hmm. than my baby, you know? And you just kind of have to be aware of that and, and correct the course. Mm-hmm. When you become aware, you know, again, I, I think, I think mother's intuition and, and we, we know, oh my goodness, I've got to, he's, he just needs to fit into our family. We can't just do everything for him and forget about dad, forget about, you know, sister. Mm-hmm. I, I could have just said, I don't have time to cook, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because we were doing so many hours of therapy a day. Mm-hmm. I could have said, I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to feed my family. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go all in on this. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I did try to go all in, I did, I did try to keep balance of no, now we're going to take a break. Okay. That that's finished. Now we're going to move on. Mm-hmm and, and do life. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to come home and we're going to, well, we're first, we're going to go to the grocery store, get our food. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get home. Let's cook together. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you, um, the squeals that used to come from him, you know, he's, he was, he didn't have very many words, you know, when he was really young mm-hmm. and he would just, he would just love to just, hang out in the kitchen with me as I was cooking. I think that did something for him even more than maybe his, his PTOT session went that day. You know, I think, I think just living life is, is, is huge. I mean, just, just doing that, that's therapy in itself, going around, learning these life skills. Oh, I need to go to the store. I need to hold on to the cart mm-hmm. so I don't wander off. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to stay here by mom and, and we just go about living together. That's, that's, that's therapy. That's, that's learning all these life skills, just, just being, just doing things together. Oh, I love that you say it like that because it's so true. That resonates with me because I, I mean, I've worked with people who have um, done so much therapy. They, they, and they're miserable. But then I've worked with people who are doing so much therapy and they're all thriving. So I think you have to look at your individual situation and make that decision according to the needs of your family. So absolutely. Yes. Yes. If you're thriving, then this, this is working, whatever you're doing. And I think that's just the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Is is the entire family thriving? Are you leaving the other kids out by, by doing what you're doing you know, with the one, Mm -hmm. with the one child, you know, you just want to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And so Stephen, his sister's 22 months behind him. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of had these two little babies together and Mm -hmm. we were just doing life together. And I, I, that worked for us and we thrived that way. I love that. But we were, we were doing all of the therapy and and running around. And there were times where I, I felt like, this is too much. This is too much. And then we would cut back. Mm-hmm. And then I hear about something else that we must start and we must start doing. Oh. So I would run over and do that. Mm-hmm. And then I would start to feel, you know, 
like, oh yeah, I like this or, or I, I, I don't like this really either. I don't think he's thriving. I don't think we're getting much out of it. Mm. And we just continued to do life. Mm. That's really good. So if you could look back at yourself as a young mom versus who you are now, what would you say to the young mom version of yourself about this experience? Oh, I, that it, it gets better. Mm-hmm. It just gets better. And, and it's, it's, it's at the beginning, it's so hard. And I have so much compassion for people with this diagnosis. You know, I, you know, at the, be- at the very beginning, I mean, it is, it is a gut-wrenching experience. Um, at least it was for me, you know, maybe there was someone that was more centered than I was, you know, that just took this on and said, wow, what a gift I've been given and, and just ran with it, you know, and was just a positive, positive person. Uh Um, I, I wish I could say that was me, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I was, I was devastated. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just, just felt lost and, 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 and I felt like I had to eat an elephant Mm -hmm. as I was meeting with these professionals and they're telling me all the things I'm going to have to do Mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. And, and now, and now as, as you just morph with your child and do life together, um, it becomes, and, and as you surrender to what is, surrender to autism and, and this child and love them right where they're at, Yes, this whole, there's a shift in, in you and them mm-hmm. because he's very sensitive to my emotions. Yes. And when I feel good, he feels good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. What do, I think, I think to, my message to parents is, find a way for you to feel good in this Mm -hmm. because when you feel good, they feel good. Mm -hmm. That's my experience. Oh, that's a great message. Katie, I so appreciate you for having this conversation with me today and being willing to share things that aren't always so easy to share. And sometimes we worry how other parents will view our thoughts and our experiences, but I love that you're brave enough to be in this place and say, you know what, this is my experience and I'm okay sharing it and yours may be different than mine. And I still am leaving space for you to have a different journey and a different experience, but this is mine. So thank you for being brave enough to share. And I just appreciate you. And I'm so excited that uh, we can be friends in the future. (laughs) So thanks for being here. Me too. (laughs) Thank you. You're so cute. Thank you so much. Thank you.